0: And for sin, condemn sin in the flesh. That the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us. Who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. But they that are after, are you with me? The spirit, the things of the spirit. For to be carnal minded is death. But to be spiritual minded is life If Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the Spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his Spirit that dwelleth in you. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh, to live after the flesh. For if ye live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. Father, help us this morning. Help us today, God, as we come to worship and think about what the day is and, Lord, what you have done for us. Father, I thank you for your love, your mercy, your grace. God, that has given us the greatest opportunity in the world to be a light unto a lost and dying world. Father, help us now. Help us, Lord, as we look in the Scripture tonight. Help us to break the bread of life that those that be hungry could eat thereof and grow thereby. We bless the name of Jesus for all these things. In Jesus' name, amen. We live in a day and an hour right now when the world is trying to tell us there is no absolute facts. They're trying to teach us and our children that there's always a gray area. But there's some facts that we need to know about tonight and one of them is found right here in Romans 8 and 1. It said, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Amen? Listen. Your conversion is a fact or you're still lost. There, There's a lot of folks that don't understand. They say, well, I, I hope so. No, it's a no-so. I know when I was lost and I know when God saved me. I know the difference between lost and saved. They know guessing about it. The fact of it is, and I want everybody to understand this you know if you're lost or saved. You may not admit it, but you know it. Amen? <clears throat> we know if we're living godly or ungodly, and that's the fact. Now we want to use the excuse, as I already heard here today. Somebody say they asked him where he's going to church, and oh, I read my Bible. Well, can I say this? The fact of it is, tonight the devil knows the word of God. He ain't saved. He don't go to church. Yes, he does. He's regular at church. He's regular in the choir. He's regular behind the pulpit. Amen. Every time you go to church, Satan's going to be there. Every time you start getting ready for church, Satan's going to be there. He'll put every obstacle at the fact in your way to keep you from making it to the house of God. He said, there is therefore now no condemnation to them. <laughs> can, I, can I ask you a question tonight? What is the reason for your conversion? I've had a lot of people say, Oh, I just wanted to miss hell. That ain't enough. That ain't enough. I don't know a whole lot of people that want to go to hell. I mean, they're not lined up and say, Hey, give me a ticket. I want to go. I want to go. There's not a whole lot of folk wanting to go, there's a whole lot of folk going. So what is the reason for your conversion? You want to be saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost of God? You want to serve God with all your heart, body, soul, and mind? Or or do you just want your name on the roll at church so you can go and find a date, find a job? All of these have happened at church. Amen. A lot of reasons people go to church. Why do you go to that particular church? Well... It's uptown. There's a lot of rich folk there. I've heard this one. Well, it's a big church. There's a lot of folks. I've heard this one. It's a little church. I fit in. Why do you have the conversion in your life? What is the conversion to you? It said, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. Stay with me now who walk not after the flesh. You know, the spirit side of that would tell you right quick if you're walking for God, with God, or against God. Say amen. Amen. Romans chapter number five, back up just a little bit, and verse number one, it said, therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. (laughs) Being a Christian has rewards. That's a fact. Fact number one is your sins are forgiven. Fact number two is your name's written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Fact number three is your conversion made you a new creature. That's a fact, isn't it? I mean, if you're still the same old creature you were, you're still lost. And by the way, if you can never remember a day when you were lost, you are lost. Amen. You'll remember when you were lost. Oh, that's two worlds apart when you get saved. So if we really understand our conversion really brings consecration us to the Lord and he's saying not after the flesh but after the spirit. In other words, just because you got saved don't mean God's going to make you rich. Sure ain't helped you looks much. Some of you anyway. Right? I mean, it it really doesn't change a whole lot except for the inward man will change the outward man. Nobody have to tell you how to dress, the Holy Spirit will tell you how to dress. Nobody tell you how to talk, the Holy Spirit will tell you how to talk, how to walk. A different thought process. So consecration from being saved proves that you do have a conversion. Amen. Hey, that's a fact. I don't care what the world says. Now, I've heard this one. I've heard lots just like it. Or you can still do anything you want to and be a Christian. Boy, that's a lie straight out of the pits of hell. Can I say this? You won't want to do them things. You won't have a desire to do them things. Hello? Because it's against God's own law. And if God is living inside of you, he's correcting you. The Holy Spirit will bring conviction when you do something wrong that's against God's word. Amen? (laughs) Listen, if you understand anything about the word of God tonight, you ought to know that when you have a conversion, consecration comes with it. Listen, it changes your character. Romans chapter number 12, if you will, verse number 1, the Bible said, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that ye may prove. Let that sink right there. We want a Christian life without any proof. That's what the world's wanting right now, isn't it? What is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God? Are you with me? (laughs) When you get saved, truly saved, born again, bought by the blood of Jesus Christ, you not only become a new creature, your character has changed. That old man died. You know that old ornery, hateful, disgusting, sinful that you used to be? That man died. You have a new character. Why? Because Jesus is in you. And if he's in there, Brother Terry, it's going to show on the outside. (laughs) Let me help you tonight. There's some things you eat that'll give you indigestion and it'll show all over you when you have indigestion. And there's some things that you'll eat that's like mama's uh, chocolate eclair today. It showed all over me. I had a smile from ear to ear. I smiled at everybody and everything. Why? Because that chocolate eclair was so good. So why would not Christ moving in you show outward? Your character's changed. Your thought pattern changed. Your life changed. And it ain't going to show on the outside. Come on, get real. The fact of it is if God's in there, he'll change the outside. Hey, I had long hair. There wasn't nobody had to tell me to cut my hair. No, there wasn't nobody come and said, boy, you got saved, you need to get a haircut. Holy Ghost done that. Nobody had to tell me, son, you ought to wear your best. Listen, your best may be somebody else's worst. But it's the best you got, and you're going to wear it because you want to give God your best. Amen. I mean, when I got saved, I didn't have no ties. I didn't have no suits. No. I had blue jeans and blue jean shirts a lot of times. But there's washed. There's neat. Hello. I didn't come in with my hiney is showing through hello I didn't come in showing off my hairless chest I can't say hairy chest my hairless chest why because of my character had changed there's no difference in this world are there the world says there is no difference I couldn't tell you over my lifespan of being a Christian how many people's told me "Ah, that don't really matter yes it does Yes, it does. Oh, you! Uh, <laughs> years and years ago, I had a fella took me for about twenty five thousand dollars, and one of my own church members said, "Why don't you just go whoop him?" And I thought, "Are you crazy, boy? It'd be real good." And eh? well, the congregation said, "Be all right if the pastor just whooped you." Well, what did God say about that? What did God say? He said, "Turn the other cheek." He did prepay him. Hello, hey, twenty five thousand dollars didn't break me. Made me skinnier, but it didn't break me. God's blessed me a lot more than that because I didn't whip him. Why? Because my character changed. Before I got saved, there wouldn't have been no question. I wouldn't ask nobody. I just this. Went on. Took care of the job. Amen. But since I got saved, I got a new character. Why? Because I had a conversion (laughs) that made a difference. in. Hey, it may not make a difference in you. Are you with me? If it didn't make a difference in you, you got a counterfeit. 2 Corinthians tonight, chapter number 6. Second Corinthians chapter number six, verse number seventeen. Wherefore come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean things, and what I'll receive you, and will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord, Almighty. Do you understand that your character as a Christian shows out like a shining light? Now, did you hear what he said in that verse? He said, and touch not the unclean things, and I will receive you. Why? Because your character's changed. You know, this is a part that a lot of preachers don't preach a whole lot on. Being a Christian comes with responsibilities. Wouldn't you like to see your pastor in the headlines after I stomped that guy? And I put up there and Jesus said I could. I might as well got on a hell bought comment with the rest of that crowd. Hello? When God makes a difference in you and saves you and gives you a new character, that character shines through as Christ, not as the flesh. Amen. Listen, Christ was the only one that was sinless. He never beat up nobody. No. He never punched nobody. He never cussed nobody. He called them vipers. That's what they were snake and the grass Amen. but the character comes with responsibility that you have the image of Christ not just at church Amen. you want to find out if they're a Christian let them hit their finger with a hammer you will instantly know where their heart is Amen. oh yes how many of us have done that? Hit our fingers. You know the best thing to do with that finger? Stick it in your mouth where you can't even talk. Hello. <laughs> That'll bring out the character right quick in you. And our responsibility is when we hit our fingers Christ should still shine forth. That's a responsibility. People have a misconception and I did when I first got saved brother I thought when I got saved and it's my calling to preach it I'd get to sit on a lot of front porches and eat a lot of chicken I had that misconception and you know after about six months nobody invited me to come eat their chicken they didn't invite me to sit on their front porch and I got to wondering Lord have I missed this thing somehow And the Lord said, hey, dummy, they don't want you there because you're going to tell them where they come short. You know, has anybody ever asked you, what do you think about this? See, they ain't wanting the truth. They want you to agree with their side. But see, the character of Christ in me, I have to tell them the truth, even if they are good friends. Amen. Amen. Even if it does hurt them hurt their feelings you still have to tell them the truth. The saddest thing, and that brother preached it down there the other night. He was talking about his little girl when she was younger. Asked him, Daddy, I don't want to go to hell. Am I saved? He could have easily said to a little child, Yeah, honey, you're saved. I remember when you went to the altar. But he didn't say that. He said, honey, you must be saved to go to heaven. And then he said, do you know Jesus as your Savior? See, we all need an experience of knowing when we ask Jesus in our lives. You may not remember May 14th at 2 o'clock, right? Preacher hired Michael's November the... 10th, 15 minutes to 8 o'clock at Londale Methodist Church. I can still hear him testify to that. You may not remember that. But you remember when you were lost and God came in your life. You remember when your thought pattern changed and your character changed, amen, and you took on the responsibility. See, here's the part a lot of people don't understand is if I go out here and stomp somebody, it don't hurt Dennis, it hurts Jesus. It hurts the name of this church. It hurts Terry's church. It hurts these preacher brethren. Because the rest of the world's going to say, "Why you're just like Dennis. Am I telling the truth? They put us all in the same basket, don't they? They put Christians in the same basket. listen, they believe that one rotten apple spoils the whole bunch. Let me say you To you tonight, what I think about that rotten apple, he never was in the barrel. He never was in there. Because if he had done things like that, Holy Ghost would convict him. The Lord said if he didn't chastise them, they're bastards. And if you do those things, he's going to chastise you. Hello? Yes, he will. Lord, don't you ever get sick at your stomach when your temper flares up? Ooh, that's a Holy Ghost checkpoint, ain't it? <laughs> Aren't you glad God loves us? Second Corinthians chapter number 5. Back up this a little bit. Verse 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And all things are of God who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. (laughs) Do you ever see people sin and you don't ever say nothing about it? Do you not ever say, you shouldn't have done that. You shouldn't have said that. You shouldn't have acted like that. And sometimes we need to say, you shouldn't put yourself in that situation to begin with. Because a lot of times we put ourselves in the situation, then we want to blame God. C.A. Hensley learned me that when I first got saved. He said, son, don't you never go nowhere without your wife or without another man with you. Don't ever put yourself in that situation, what he said. He said, because the world wants to destroy you, and Satan will if you allow him an avenue. So why would I give him a, an outright opportunity to rub Jesus' name in the mud because of my actions? And run the church down because of listen. How many's heard of anybody being broadcasted on news network lately that anybody got saved at any church? You ain't heard that. But if that preacher run off with a piano player, you heard that, didn't you? I mean, if that preacher done anything wrong, whether he's guilty or not, they con- condemn him just by announcing it. I, stay with me this minute. Don't let me lose you. I've never understood this in in the news media and in the circumference of the world things. They'll raid a house maybe. They suspect something. And they'll plaster all over the world news. He had 25 guns and a 1,000 rounds of ammo. Well, your preacher's got almost that much. Do I look like a terrorist? Do I act like a terrorist? But if I done something wrong and they raided my house and they went out, they'd blow that headline a preacher has a hundred guns, ten thousand rounds of ammo. Well, I can tell you this, I know a lot of rednecks that's got a whole lot more than that. Amen. I know some that buy ten thousand at a time. Amen. Just because you got guns don't mean you're a terrorist. But the way they broadcast it. The way the world seen it was. Well that's got to be so. CBS said he had it. You know he's got to be a terrorist. He was just using the church as a front. Hello. (laughs) You think that the devil wouldn't like to ruin your character. You think the devil wouldn't like to rob you of the joy of your salvation destroy your name, the name of your church, and the name of your God. And how many's ever heard this one? And he's a Christian. Yeah. And he's a preacher. If he's a preacher, the woods are full of them. I mean, haven't we heard all heard those things? If he's a preacher, well, when he was preaching and people were being saved, why didn't you say that about him then? Boy, he's a preacher. No, you want to wait till you get a... I, I, God, let me preach that sometime real soon. You know, the buzzards and the turkeys that come to church. Let me preach on the buzzards and the turkeys. Remember, How many remember that when I preached it? What kind of bird are you? <laughs> I may need to preach that again. You know there's all kinds of birds in this world. And they all sit in church, you know. Hey, a buzzard don't come to church unless there's a good stink. Am I telling the truth? What I want to know tonight, is, since I mentioned that, are you the one stirring the pot to where it'll stink? Woo! I'm preaching now. Are you paying attention? <laughs> what kind of character do you have? There's some facts in this thing. You have a responsibility. Amen. Amen. We all want our rights, but we do not want our responsibilities. Well, I've got a right to be anointed, I've got a right to ask them to pray for me. I've got all kinds of rights. <laughs> God help me don't take this wrong one of my own members one time was sick and she thought that because she was sick the whole church was supposed to cook and bring to her every day raked me over the coals every time I seen her nobody ain't cooked brought me nothing one day the Holy Spirit pricked my heart and I said honey When you were well and able to get around, and you didn't have any sickness or troubles, how much did you cook and carry? That's all I said. I didn't have to say no more. See, she is condemned by her own testimony. I mean, if we expect others to do it, we ought to expect ourselves to do it. See, we want others to take their responsibility, but we don't want our responsibility. Hey, preacher's supposed to do it all anyway. If it's all wrong, it's all his fault anyhow. They blowed up all the equipment. Preacher done not Hello, am I telling the truth tonight? Our responsibility is that we should be the image of Christ to a lost and dying world. Our responsibility tonight is that we should seek God first. Our responsibility tonight is that we should understand that we all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And if you don't believe that, give me about three minutes and I'll tell you where you've come short. It won't take long. No. You know how I know that? Because we've all done it. It ain't something that's strange or, or indifferent or just one or two's doing it. We've all sinned and come short. So how can you point fingers at somebody else and not point at yourself? Our character tells a lot about us. Tells a lot about our conversion. Our character tells about our responsibilities whether we've shirked our duty or accepted it. Ooh. Do you have the Adam syndrome? Does everybody know what that is? She gave it to me. And you gave me her. It's her fault and it's your fault, but it's never my fault. Ooh, I'm preaching now. You ain't liking it. <laughs> I'm glad God loves me. I'm glad we don't have any rocks in the parking lot. 2 Timothy chapter number 1. Verse number 12. It said, "For, For the which cause I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I'm not ashamed. For I know whom I have believed. Are you with me? And am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that two things I want you to see and I'm trying to close tonight we do have that responsibility are you with me we have that responsibility he said I'm not ashamed you shouldn't be ashamed now let me help somebody right there you may never have thought of it this way Preacher, you correct me if I'm wrong. Even when you're being chastised, you shouldn't be ashamed because that lets everybody know that God loves you and you're his and that you're human and you made a mistake and you took the responsibility for it. When we try to hide that, hello? That's when we're saying I'm ashamed. Yeah, I may be ashamed of what I did, but I'm not ashamed that he's chastising me. Are you with me? For I know whom I have believed. Do you know who you believed? Are you persuaded that he is able uh oh here comes the part you ain't gonna lie to keep that which I have committed unto him. Where's our commitment? I wanted to preach a message tonight. Easter's over. Now what? During the service this morning as I was preaching, God gave me that thought. Easter's over, now what? And in my mind, the Holy Ghost said, it's eight months to Christmas. What are they going to do? Yeah. Hello, you going to wait eight months before you do anything else for God? Come on now. Don't leave me hanging up here. Hey, there's folks that won't be back in the house of God till Christmas. There's folks that won't do another thing. For the cause of Christ. Oh, by the way, the Easter bunny is not for Christ. A dear friend of mine lived right up the road here. One Easter, she had a tree, a dogwood tree covered with Easter eggs. And she was so proud of that tree she was so proud of them eggs. I never said a word. Come Halloween, that same tree had pumpkins hanging on it. She had pumpkins hanging all over that tree just like she did the Easter eggs. And a few days she took them down and she had little ghosts like handkerchiefs, little knots and ghosts are hanging down. And I asked her, I said, Honey, you got a lot of sick folk at your house? She said, Why do you say that, preacher? I said, You got a lot of booger eggs hanging around. She said, You ain't got a brain in your head. I said, Well, I ain't got boogers hanging in my tree. And I said, While we're on the subject, which do you think more of, the Easter eggs or the pumpkins or the booger rags she said what are you asking me I said you want to say that Easter is Jesus and then you turn around and put pumpkins on the same tree and you want to put booger rags on the same tree are you bringing my Lord and Savior down to Halloween or are you trying to lift it up to cry and she looked at me and she said, I'd never thought of that. I said, honey, the same tree, you had three different things represented. Which one do you really love? I said, our Lord and Savior hung on a tree. And I'm sure not going to put no Easter eggs hanging from a tree. And if you did, I'm sorry I didn't see it. And if you've hung pumpkins on your tree, I'm sorry I didn't see yours either. But isn't that the way we shirk our responsibilities and fall into the world trap that whatever season it is? Would you like for me to go up there to that cross and hang some Easter eggs? Some pumpkins? Some witches? Some booger rags? Hello, I'm talking. You want some black cats on the wall? then where's our responsibility tonight? There is some facts of this thing. The fact of it is, we should be a separate people. The fact of it is, we shouldn't promote the ungodly things that the world promotes, but we do. We do. We do. And the sad thing of it is, listen to this. I had never thought of that to this day. There is more money spent on Easter eggs than was given in offering plates today. That's a fact, isn't it? They like to promote that on television. Oh, this holiday brings in billions of dollars. Am I telling you the truth? I've often thought about how many, what's a two liter drink now? I ain't bought one so long, I don't know. Almost three dollars. No wonder I quit drinking them. Three dollars. I wonder how many people sit in church this morning that has two liter drinks in their home and never put three dollars in the offering plate. See, the fact of it is, we're going to pay tribute to our God that we love. Whether it's the Easter bunny. The black cats. Whatever it is. Because the Bible says. Where your heart is is where your treasure will be. Is that good preaching brother Harry? Isn't it sad that. That. We want to come in the house and and use God's lights and his restroom and his toilet paper and breathe his air and his cold water fountain. But we don't want to give one dime to the work of God. That's sad, folks. The fact of it is, we owe it to God. The fact of it is, he'll get it one way or another. I'd rather give it willingly. Willingly. The fact of it is, he made me a new creature, gave me a different character, and my character shows his love and mercy. Mm, The reality of Christ. I've committed unto him against that day. What's your commitment? What is your true commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ? 2 Timothy chapter number 4 and I'll be closing. Verse number 8. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness which the Lord the righteous judge shall give me at that day and not to me only but unto all them also that love his appearing. Down 18 south out of Morganton, Down where the Baptist camp meeting is. I can't remember the next road down. It's Ronnie Road's on the right and this is on the left. And we were setting a double wide. Brother Joey Beeman brought his dozer down there and I was doing the grading. And he was a black man. He come up to me and he said, Preacher, if you can, leave that great old big poplar right there in the front yard. And this poplar was that big around. I said, sir, I said, if I leave that poplar, I said, you're going to have a dirt mound that high with that tree right in the middle of it. Because the way I had to grade it to get it level and get it crowned right for the water to run off for it to pass code, I'd have had to cut down at that tree about three foot around. He said, I don't care if it looks like a sore thumb stuck up there. Leave that tree if you can. I said, well, I can, but it ain't going to look right. I said, why do you want to leave that tree? He said, that's where I met Jesus. I said, tell me the story. He said, my wife, a little church right up the road, said they were in revival. and said, I kept telling her that I'd go, I'd go, I'd go, and I'd promised to go with her that night and said my brother came down and said he had a big old rock big as your thumb. Does everybody know what I'm talking about? I can't remember what the drug is. It's called a rock, whatever. Anyway, he said, I was going to smoke it. Help him smoke it. And said, we put her in the pipe and said we was sitting right there on that tree and said being greedy, he said I wanted to get the most of it and said I took the first big puff and handed it to my brother and he handed it back. And he said, just about that time I looked up and said, the whole sky was on fire. And he said, I said to the Lord, oh God, don't come now, I'm not ready. And he said, I backed off over yonder in the woods and the Holy Spirit said, you better get right with God, boy. And he said, I came back to this tree nail and knelt. said, God, sober me up where I can go to church. I'll go repent, I'll get saved. And he wanted that tree left. I said, brother, I'll do everything in my power to leave that tree now. And I graded around it. you got to remember, for every six inches of tree, you have to leave one foot if you want it to live. So I'm talking about, there was a big walk. But I dressed it, shaped the banks. It looked like, I said, now if you go out there and lay you some rocks around there, it'll look like we've done that on purpose. He said, I don't care as long as we leave that tree. Because that's where I met Jesus. You see, folks, we ought to know where we met Jesus, how we met Jesus, what condition we was in. And he was testifying to me, that's where he found Jesus, that's where it made a difference in my life. And he said, I want the world to know. Well, I'll guarantee you that everybody saw that. Wanted to know why he left that tree in the front yard like that. And he had a way to tell them. Said, henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that last day. And not to me only, but to all them, also that love his appearing. See, I told that story to tell you, He wasn't ready for God's appearing at that moment. He should have been up there in church like he told his wife he would have been. But he decided to go with the world. And he thought God had ended his world. I said, brother, did it look like, he said, preacher, you couldn't have convinced me that the whole sky was not on fire. And he said, me and my brother both backed over yonder in the woods and scared to death. I said, did your brother get saved? He said, no, he done the rest of the rock. I said, he done the rock and you got the rock. I said, you are the winner in this situation. He said, since I gave my heart to God, I bought this home. He said, before that, me and my wife was living out of our car. So what is it tonight? There's some facts in this thing tonight. When you become a new creature, you are a new creature all over. When you become a new creature, you know what God brought you out of. When you become a new creature in Christ Jesus, it gave you a different character than what you had, a different conversation than what you had. You got a different life, a different thought pattern, because the fact of it is Christ makes a difference in every life that receives him. And if he has never made a difference in you, friend, you're still lost. If others can't see a difference in you, you better check up. Because when God saves you, people are going to look at you and say, Boy, that ain't the same old boy I knew. That ain't the same young lady I knew. Ain't something different about them. And that difference will be Christ. Let's stand. Everyone one stand, every head bowed, never every eye closed. He said in this fourth chapter, 2 Timothy, he said, For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. I've fought a good fight. I've finished my course. I have kept the faith. Can you say that tonight? You're fighting a good fight, and you're going to finish this course as your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed. If you need to come pray, would you come right this moment? Don't let Satan talk you out of coming. You know you're saved, but you need to talk with God anyway. Just come on. Just come on. Your Father's waiting on you. We ought to make a difference in this world because we know in whom we have believed. and He made a difference in us. He made a difference in us because of his love and his mercy and his grace. There's some facts about it. You can know that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. You can know tonight that you are in right standing with God. Your heart's already told you. The Holy Spirit spoke to you. And you know. Do you need to come? Some are praying. What about you?